when I first shared, it was just a couple of years ago, you know, I shared one, a part of my story of my affair and Mm -hmm. it became therapy because of the stories that you hear. And I know for so much of my life, I've always seen other people on these like pedestals. And so I was like, I don't want to be that person. You know, I really do want to share the struggles, the ones that I've brought on myself and the ones that have been brought my way just in hopes of if it's just one person that messages me and says, oh my gosh, you know, you made me feel better about this or I can, you know, move on another day that I'm like, it's worth it. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm chatting with my dear friend, Amy. Guys, she is a real-life superhero. Like, I'm, I'm not even joking. She's a real-life superhero. Amy is a mother of six, a cancer survivor, a wife, a multi-million dollar business owner, a birth mom, a bonus mom, and much more. She used her pain of being overweight as the catalyst for major change in her life, losing over 90 pounds and now keeping it off for over 17 years. She used her pain of placing her baby for adoption while in high school as a catalyst for her personal development and growth. She used her pain of having stage four non-small cell lung cancer as a catalyst for taking ownership of thoughts and self-talk. She has used her pain of a marriage-wrecking affair to finally face the inside and find self-worth and love. Amy uses her mess as her message. Her passion is coaching people who want to up-level and become their best self. Amy shares her biggest mindset hack with us. This woman didn't be cancer, build a million dollar business and maintain a beautiful family by not working diligently on herself. Guys, I hope you get oodles of inspiration from today's episode. I know I did. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks so much for joining. We've been friends for a while now. Both of us met through our husbands, Eric and Vince, and they've been close friends since working at Iovate together, um, also known as Muscle Tech. But I just have to say, like when I met you, I instantly fell in love with your energy. You're so kind, you're so generous and strong, and you're crazy organized running your businesses with your podcast and your household with five kids. Like, please give us tips on that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having me. And honestly, I remember when Eric had told me that we were going to meet you, right? And I was still living in the States and I was coming up to visit and he'd showed me a picture of you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This girl is like the prettiest thing I've ever, I I was just so intimidated. He goes, no, no, 
you're going to die because when you meet her, Jenny will be probably the first person that you'll meet that she is just as sweet as can possibly be. And I was so nervous to meet you. And then when I met you, I'm like, oh my gosh, you really are actually even more sweet than I was expecting. So thank thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Um, I mean, I, I have to say, like, I really view you as a real life superhero, (laughs) like for real. Your story is unreal. And I mean, you, you turn every single struggle that you've had into your strength to help inspire and help others. And I mean, I know you've had a lot of, of struggles, which we'll get into today, but I mean, it's just so empowering how you share it with the world in, and help so many other people because so many of us are going through things, you know, and, and people don't think they'll ever get out of their rut. And you just like being so um, honest about it and forthright and, you know, just sharing what you've been through is so inspiring. So I wanted to oh. thank you for, for just being so open about everything you've been through. Oh, well, it's definitely therapy for me. And I think, you know, when I first shared, it was just a couple of years ago, you know, I shared one, a part of my story of my affair and mm-hmm. it became therapy because of the stories that you hear. And I know for so much of my life, I've always seen other people on these like pedestals. And so I was like, I don't want to be that person. You know, I really do want to share the struggles with the ones that I've brought on myself and the ones that have been brought my way just in hopes of if it's just one person that messages me and says, oh my gosh, you know, you made me feel better about this, or I can, you know, move on another day that I'm like, it's worth it. 100%. I mean, I feel like in this day and age where, you know, everybody's living on Instagram and like just posting the highlights of their lives, it can just get really discouraging for people that are going through stuff, right? And 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 thinking that other people are just living these perfect lives. So your openness and your honesty is helping so many people. Like I've I've clients that even you know bring you up and say that they're they're just so happy you've shared that like just that about you about your your marriage ending affair and all of that. So I think it's awesome that you've shared that with the world. Well, thank you. I know we live in it. We do live in the highlight reel. And that's why I'm always like, I don't want that, you know, because I know how much I've compared to others, Mm -hmm. like in times, or I've just assumed that people have it together or, you know, in our industry, especially as coaches, I've just seen so much BS that I'm at the point now where I'm like, I just can't take it anymore. Like we have to be more honest with our people. And some of your clients reach out and I'm always so like relieved because I know that you like live it. And I know that you teach very much a lot, you know, we're aligned a lot in the way that we believe. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's refreshing when you hear from people that they say, man, I don't have my eating issues anymore. Or, you know, I'm just feeling confident in my body, even if I'm not at my goal yet, because I have a coach that empowers me and teaches me that it's about the journey. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, I love it. It's great. Well, thanks Amy. And you've, you've like, you've been a coach for how long now? Oh gosh. I mean, when I met Eric, I, so when I hired Eric, I had a company called former fat girl fitness because, you know, I, really? yes, it was called FFGF. I probably offend a lot of people these days. Right. But, um, I, you know, I was 230 pounds when I started on my journey, my nickname growing up was piglet. Um, I can't say that it came from a place of self-love, which is why I coach completely different than the way that maybe I started my journey. My journey came from a place of self-hate. And I think when you do it that way, while you can have short-term success, 
if you don't flip it to loving yourself, mm-hmm. you'll have eating issues because you're not coming from a place of, is this serving me? And so I did a lot of the cardio. I did a lot of the crazy stuff. I just had crazy discipline and that's what made me like lose it. But I would say that these days I would not keep it if I would have not been able to flip that and learn to love the inside. Because even though I lost, it's been now, you know, I, I actually hit my goal because I did Weight Watchers and, mm-hmm. you know, they give you a lifetime membership if you hit your yep. goal. And <laughs> Point I system. hit my Yes. I hit my goal. It was like the month I found out I was pregnant with Kamele. So it's been like 18 years, but I would say for 10 of those 18, I did not love myself. And while on the outside, it looked like I had been successful. I was not. And so I, I mean, and I, I never coached the way that I was living myself. So I Mm -hmm. can say that I at least was coaching well, but I came on with Eric. um, You know, it's been like, online probably, you know, over 10 years now, you know, Mm -hmm. I find some of my memories that come up on Facebook. And back then I would say I was a trainer, like, and and I use that term because I knew how to do certain things, but I feel like a coach is completely different in the way that you are really looking at the whole thing. And you, you just have more of a skill set as the art of knowing when to do things with clients. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And would you say like when you initially lost the weight, you were more or less like living in fear to keep that off? 100%. Hmm. Like I just, I mean, I would do anything like sadly, I mean, admittedly, if someone would have given me some type of, you know, tapeworm, I might've actually considered that. I mean, I say that like yeah. not a tapeworm, but you know, like I knew better. I tried every single fat burner out there. You know, if I did Fen-Fen when I was like 19, knowing that it could cause like heart issues, like meaning I just didn't want to be unhappy, not realizing that, you know, I always say like the outside of your body is just the manifestation of how mm-hmm. you feel on the inside and that truly loving yourself is the discipline. It is eating healthy. It is showing up. But, you know, I didn't understand that at first. So it was a lot of, I just didn't want to go back to that. I was, yeah. you know, made fun of a lot as a kid. And I was the token fat friend, you know, like that's kind of how that I was joked about for myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then that's what made me become a coach was I wanted to see other people, you know, have that success. I love that. And I resonate with that too. I mean, I was never overweight, but I was so scared to gain weight. You know, I, people like the fitness industry back then too, was all about like looking as shredded as possible, being as like small and tight as possible, you know? So I had gone through those dieting crazes, those those diet pills and everything. And I feel like since we've tried all of that, it does make us a better coach now, like helping people like get over that mindset of of fear and, and even like just viewing themselves in that light of like, you have to look a certain way. You know, I, I really enjoy that the fitness industry is moving towards celebrating all shapes and sizes. Yes. Oh, I agree because the fitness industry, I always say that's what ruined me because Mm -hmm. when I went from 230 to about 180, I had a pivotal, like, you know, when you can remember moments in your life where you felt really good. So at 180, I remember going and buying my first two piece. Now I had nothing to compare it to because I'd been so heavy, right? So I remember buying like this size 12, two piece bikini. I got to the pool. I strutted myself. I felt like I was the shit. Like, I mean, no joke. I mean, I was internally like, you know, and I had no problems at all. Like I felt very confident. If you were to ask my ex-husband, because he knows he's watched my journey, 
when I got down to my lowest, when I had major eating issues at 116, and I'm five foot eight. Wow. That's 116, amazing. he said, You were the most miserable person I've ever mm-hmm. met. You don't like to do anything socially. You're so insecure. And it was because I finally was around people that like at 180, it was just me versus me. And I should have stayed in that bubble. But getting in the fitness industry around 150 pounds, I started going to the gym. I started comparing. Mm -hmm. I started feeling like I needed to look like X, Y, Z, not even taking into consideration, like you don't know what they're doing to get there. One, two, you don't know their genetics. You don't know. I mean, like I I've lost a lot of weight. I will never have these tight little thighs that someone else will have. I've, I've just lost a lot of, I have skin there. Like that's just a fact. And so I really had to, that's the one thing that I think is negative about where that fitness industry was. And I do yeah. love that it is changing, yeah. but I tell clients all the time, unfollow anyone and anything that you think is going to make you feel lesser of yourself. That's a really great tip. I mean, I feel like it's just natural to go on and to start comparing yourself, but it robs you from all the joy along your journey. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a really great tip. Just stop following or stop scrolling, you know, get on there, post whatever you have to and get off. (laughs) Cause if it's going to actually change the way your day is run or the way that you feel that day, don't do it. Right. And I feel like it's, it's also, um, I mean, I, I know when I was getting really small and like really fit and, you know, I would just, I was doing everything backwards, you know, overdoing cardio, cutting out carbs. But the weird thing is, is you're getting so much attention from other people and it's validating that and you're scared to lose it too. But meanwhile, you're the, the unhealthiest person in the room, you know, totally. Yeah. It's like a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. And especially I'm sure for someone like you, hey, when you're on covers of magazines and people like now you're even known for it. I know with our brand, like I felt like, I mean, the name of our company is Lean Bodies Consulting. So the pressure to, to be a certain way is it's, it's so hard. It's, it's why I love that some people have had no choice, but to kind of become open if they've had say a rebound and sometimes mm-hmm. just hormones or metabolically, mm-hmm. like until then, no one ever really spoke about it. And for me, I became to a point when Eric and I merged brands. Cause I had my own brand like you, where, you know, he helped kind of build me up and mentored yeah. me. And I started curls and weight training and it was just females that worked there. And I think even my coaches all were not competitors. When I merged with Eric, he had a pro on his um, team that I had the hardest time because I suddenly went from feeling really proud of my, you know, 90 pound fat loss to, I never shared myself. I never talked about my, my, um, you know, just wins because I didn't look like that person, Mm. you know, I didn't look like the competitor and it crushed me for a few years because I was starting to almost feel the temptation to go back to like, I should start not eating as much, even though I know I would never coach this way. And I should maybe do more cardio again. Cause you know, when I hired Eric, that's what finally got me off that, you know, crazy train. But I I was feeling the temptation. I finally went to him. I'm like, this is just not healthy for me. You know, like I either need to like be part of a different brand or, you know, and that's when we even pivoted out of competitors. We stopped working with competitors because we saw that the mindset behind it wasn't for the lasting, you know, and as much as like back in the day, you know, Eric used to say this too, is as a trainer, you know, when I put that in quotes is 
it's all about the glory you get for what you've done for them. Like, oh, I did that to their physique, right? And Eric said, you know, he finally matured and and so did I when it becomes about them. Like I just got such a rush when a client would be like, I just bought a bikini for the first time or guess what? I'm on my vacation with my husband and he saw my butt in, in a swimsuit for the first time. Like to me, that is far more rewarding than the person that just got up on stage. Nothing against that, but I just know in the industry where I used to look up to so many of those people, they're some of the most insecure people I've ever met. For sure. I, I agree. I agree. I, we've, we've changed our coaching style too. Like I used to get girls up on the stage and I wasn't feeling fulfilled because you're leaving, even though they looked incredible, they were at their absolute best. They were leaving a dis, like somebody else's decision to reflect how they felt. So once they would get on stage, they did that. And then if they didn't place, it was like, oh my God, everything fell apart in their lives. Meanwhile, their journey was epic. Like they, they, they did so well. And that's one of the reasons why I got out of it. And now, now we're really just teaching our clients about empowerment and making choices and, and, and not even like getting into bikini, but like managing, managing like outings and and vacations and that sort of thing. Right. But those are huge wins. But, um, I mean, I've really enjoyed watching your journey like from, you know, starting with LBC and now here, and now you have your own podcast too. Can you talk a little bit about that? I love it. Well, it was, you know, it's like, you know, when you have like something on your heart that you want, but you know, there's this inner critic that's like, who do you think you are to be so important to be that, you know, cause I remember being at a mastermind that it was pulling at me. Lewis house was there talking about his podcast. And I was like, I want a podcast. And as a kid, I was always told that I was a chatterbox. And so I think that sometimes is like bothered me. And so sometimes I'll even hold back, but it was something that just kept pulling at me. And then last year when my cancer came back during COVID, I had already been saying the year before, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then when that happened and I got put back on chemo, I'm like, no more. Like, I got to take the action. And it was the messiest action possible, but it was (laughs) the best because I then didn't have to set myself. It's kind of like the person that puts so much buildup into their wedding day. And then Mm -hmm. like, if something doesn't go perfect, they're upset, right? I just, I mean, like I found someone on like Fiverr to do like my intro. Like I had my ex-husband, I'm like, Hey, can you learn podcasting? Like, you know, of course he's now like really good at it, but like, I just, I didn't care because I'm like, I have a message and I need to get it out, you know? And, and then I was very fortunate that, you know, our community for all these years that I've tried to add value there, I went to them and I said, I haven't asked. I've never asked you for anything, but this is super important to me. And I'm hoping that you'll share this and I'm hoping that, you know, you can get something out of it. And so I launched, you know, I reached out to um, Ed Milet, like he was someone that, you know, again, not being afraid of asking because what's the worst someone can say. Um, And he, he came on as one of my first, you know, guests and it's been the most rewarding thing because you get to meet some of the most incredible people and it becomes like a therapy, you know, for you, like people that I feel like this is one of the most intimate things that you can do because you're in someone's ears Mm -hmm. and they can't necessarily see you. And like, I know when I'm out on walks because there's certain people that I listened to, you know, four years ago at some of my lowest times, I still like, they're so, they mean so much to me because their message that I heard in that low point, like was just, 
you know, uh, priceless. And so I want to be able to do that for other people. I want to bring on people that, you know, just um, empower. I mean, I'd said to you, I'm like, I have to have you on um, because it is, it shows, you know, I mean, it, and nowadays, I mean, podcasts are just, it, it is the way it's the place to be, I think. And, you know, instead of, I don't even know what it's like to like, listen to like waste time, like listening to other things. Now I'm always, yeah. you know, trying to listen to something that like, lets makes me feel good. I love it. I love your podcast. It's called Effort, guys. So head over and start listening because it's amazing. Um, I mean, when you launched, I was just like watching in awe and you've helped me so much just with like just the little things to get started, like the the fiber or the music um, linking me up with Kevin, who's helping me run my podcast. So I really appreciate you so much for that. You've done it and you're paying it forward. And I mean, it's oh, awesome. that's, that's probably my biggest rush, I think in life right now. And it's, it's no wonder that it's, I love, um, John Maxwell is like my, you know, idol. And he always talks about like, you should see every relationship and how you can leave that conversation as adding some value. And so even when I met, um, Paul, and Monica, I was like, okay, first of all, I know nothing about photo shoots. I was so <laughs> scared to death that day. I've never even had a makeup artist, you know, like ever. And so I was like, how am I going to, you know, cause I always, cause now it's like in my reticular activation system and that, how do I add value to every single person? Like, what am I going to do for Paul today? Like, I don't even know this guy. And so I'm always trying to find ways where I can be like, you need to be doing this or let me help you do this. And I, I don't want to just be lip service. I truly yeah. do get the, I, I love it. There's nothing better than seeing other people around you win. And I think the insecure me years ago, 10 years ago, you know, I used to think that if one person's up here that you, you, you can't be up there, everybody can't. And it can be sometimes your money thoughts that you have maybe mm -hmm. as a kid, like if your parents ever said, Oh, how'd they get that? Or, yep. you know, like must be nice. Like not seeing it as we can all have those things. Yep. And so now I see collaboration and empowering others as the biggest gift you give yourself because it just whether you believe in god universe karma whatever it always comes back to you in some way or another and i have seen that in the last three years and i always felt like i have not a lot to to add in terms of like some of these people come and add value like crazy but it's amazing what happens when you see it come full circle it's growth mindset right? Like yep. growing growth mindset is like, there's enough for everyone, you know, not living in that scarcity anymore. That's something that I've really worked on the past years too. And, and now with like, with the magazine and everything, like just learning how to collaborate and add value into people's lives, you know, and, yep. and, and everybody has that scarcity mindset. I think it's just about overcoming that and, and, you know, building relationships, building relationships and, and opening totally. yourself up and realizing there is enough for everyone. And that's just it in this, in our industry, you know, because I mean, you're a coach just like me. We have mm -hmm. a lot of the similar, you know, brand stuff. I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to have you on here and I'm going to totally plug you and push you and promote you on my podcast simply because one, I know there's more than enough. And two, not everyone's going to connect with me. Yeah. Like they're going to connect yeah. with you and vice versa. And what they might get from me is going to be different than what they get from you. And 
your goal as a human should be to serve everyone in their best way possible. And it's not always directly through you with the money exchange. It's something else, you know, and it's helping them find that person. And I think years ago, I didn't like to collaborate. Mm -hmm. I was afraid I would lose someone and that fear will repel everyone from you, you know? And just so you know, I'm on board with doing that with you too, because I know I know, it's a it's a it's a sense of confidence too. Like you know that certain people are just going to vibe with you more. And if and totally. if if that person who's following me would be better off served by you, then I I want to make that happen. I I just want everybody to to succeed. Um, yeah. But we you mentioned briefly. I didn't. We haven't even really touched on this yet. But you survived cancer. You've had cancer. You had cancer for eight years eight years. I mean, I have to be honest, like when I found out that you had cancer, like I didn't even know, I didn't even know for a long time because you, you didn't look sick. You didn't act sick. You've always been so positive. And then even when you did tell me, I would quickly forget because you're just you, like, you're just like, like living your best life. How did you get through all of that? Like, I know there's probably low lows and very low lows, but you know, I mean, and I didn't know at the time that I'd have it for eight years, but you know, probably close to a year and a half to two years in, as I was, you know, moving up to Canada and everything, I learned that if I didn't change my attitude and I didn't really take this, like one, I didn't want it to become my label because now that I know all the mindset that I know behind things, like, you know, your body will go towards what you believe. It's Mm -hmm. also why I don't let doctors, like my doctors know, they don't tell me my sides. I don't want to know my side effects. Why should I know what this chemotherapy drug is going to do to me? Because then my mind might go there and my body is going to follow. So that was a big thing for me in that. I mean, you know, I always say it's like not at first because of my best self. It was more of, I don't like the pity attention on me. That's something Mm -hmm. I've had to work through to allow people to love on me and nurture me. So for a long time, it was just because I was raised to just be tough. You didn't show emotion crying is weakness. So I always say like, you know, those things can come to serve you, you know, for, you know, for good. And so, you know, that was primarily at the beginning, it was just hiding it. And then, you know, as time has gone on, and I've met so many people through this, that I've watched lots of tragedy, but I've always seen the separator in people and the people that you meet that like overcome and not just like barely survive it their mindset around it is completely different. You know, they also take their health very seriously. You know, like I had some people that would see me at the gym and thought that that was really reckless of me, like at times, because like I I went one time with my, I had my fanny pack. So I was on like 48 hour chemo. And even if I was only going to be there for 10 minutes, I just like the habit of it. For me, it was like me showing myself that I can push against you know, my body and Mm -hmm. that our mind can go so much further. And so, you know, for for me, it, I would tell anyone that, you know, you don't, you're, you have, you're limiting yourself if you think that just because you have cancer and it's not like I had just like stage one. I mean, I had stage four non-small cell lung cancer. You know, I had a gene mutation. Mm -hmm. We were told in 2018, like I would not live for three to six more months, you know, if things didn't, drastically change, you know, so we, we tried everything. I've watched my health go through seasons of Amy, like you're, you have one kidney that's it's kidney failure. Like what, you know, I was going to get on the kidney, um, from the meds, from the meds. meds. Yeah. Yeah. 
just being on chemo, you know, I think in a total of, they gave me my stats like last year where she counted up like how many pills I'd taken, how many, you know, um, in IVs I'd had. And it was insane. You know, I, wow. I just couldn't believe it, but, um, you know, I, I am thankful for it now. It's crazy. I meet other cancer survivors and they say the same thing that if you handle it right, it's the biggest advantage you get in life because your perspective is just different. You know, I don't expect people to feel the same way that I feel about life. And that is just because I do have a different perspective. I have woken up many mornings where I've been terrified, you know, like of, am I going to be here to watch my kids get married? And so it's just, I don't sweat small stuff. It really takes a lot to get me upset about things because I do have a different perspective. It's your gift now. It's your gift. For sure. For sure. That's so, amazing. you know, how, it's, it's, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> how I was going to ask you, how, how is everything now? Like, are you still on meds? Are you slowly weaning off? I'm off chemo. So I, I went off chemo, like when I got my news, so I was supposed to have lung surgery in January. So when you mm -hmm. saw me in December leaving Canada, I was leaving in, um, you know, a lot of panic in that I was coming down here and January 20th was going to be my big surgery. It was going to be a six to eight hour surgery. They were going to do the lung surgery because I had my tumor on my lung. And then they were going to also take my implants out at the same time. And they had coordinated it to be in Arkansas. And it was a big, huge orchestrated thing because I had two doctors doing it. And then when I got down here in January, and I'm always believing, you know, I'd, I'd even recorded a podcast in December where I said, mark my words, I'm going to have a miracle, guys. Like I'm a big visualizer and I'm a big believer. I remember like, that. It, it doesn't hurt to have, like, and I don't, in, in, in anything in life, like, what does it hurt to dream big, believe big? Because in the moment you feel amazing. Like even if I would have gotten terrible news, at least I enjoyed the freaking journey, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was believing for that, but I went to um, Moffitt down here, which is like a, a big cancer center. And they did the scans with like state-of-the-art new stuff. And I got that call that Friday. They, I usually know if it's going to be bad news, they like to do a Skype you know, if I'm not oh. with my doctors and if they call, it's typically my doctor just giving me good news. So by noon, I hadn't gotten a call about a scheduled Skype. So I was already feeling, and you know, when your emotions with, I was getting excited, but I also was like, when are they going to call? And then <laughs> when they called and they said, you know, cause we were just hoping for shrinkage. My doctor just wanted to see that all the radiation I'd gone through. Cause I'd lost like 20 pounds this last time. It was really a rough one for me. Wow. And he's like, you're not going to believe it. He's like, the tumor's gone. We can't even see it on the scans. And this is good scanning equipment, Amy. This isn't like a matter of missing something. I mean, we're just in shock, you know? So I went and he goes, I mean, I'm so confident that you can stop chemo today. So oh I stopped gosh. January 8th. And then all I needed was I had my explant still, but I, um, you know, I'm now like six weeks, well, eight weeks since I've had, um, any of my chemo and I'm actually starting this next week a chemo detox where I'm going to have like IV therapy, ozone therapy. Um, there's a company down here in Florida that has um, just taken a liking to just my journey. And they're like, mm -hmm. we want to help you on the other side. And we want to see like what this does for your insides. Cause I do have, you know, some swelling in organs and things like that. I had really bad neuropathy, I don't have any back teeth anymore. So that's wow. something that I'm hoping, you know, I, even with the implants that they tried to put in since my immunity was so weak, I went through three sets of implants that oh my, my body just rejected them. So 
I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm just, it's crazy. Like I'm, I, I get so excited about not being on chemo that I feel so good. And, you know, um, I'm sure my body still is like really lower compared to most yep. people, but I feel amazing compared to what you had felt like, right. Really? You're slowly yeah. getting your energy back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, your journey is just it's so empowering. It, it's so empowering. It's so like, I, I, I think I told you this, but I had an aunt that passed away and it still rocks me to the core because she was young. She was 38. It was small cell lung cancer. It was literally, she found out and she was gone in six months. And wow. I mean, her like just watching her go through it and looking at you, you just, I feel like it was all your mental strength, like just carrying on because you worked, you took care of your five kids. Like there was, totally. you, just, you just kept going. And I mean, you're, like I said, you're a real life superhero. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I think, you know, for kids too, it was important for me to show them that, you know, where mm -hmm. your, where your mind goes, the body follows. And so it was why I really made it a point. I mean, there were days, sure I didn't, but get ready for the day or not work. But most of the time you saw me getting up in the morning and doing my routines, because that is what just would just guide me and make me feel so much better and make my kids feel better. I mean, this last time when I started to lose weight, I mean, you know, Kamele, my 18 year old was like, she would start to get upset and she'd be like, please just try to eat something, yeah. you know, because they would see that. And, um, you know, I always tried to be, you know, fighting for them, you know, showing them that, you know, your mindset, I did a Spartan race with her a couple of years ago during the middle of chemo. I'm like, Kimeli, oh if there's, I want to teach you the mental toughness because I feel like our kids these days, just, they don't, they're not really equipped with that to have mm -hmm. like the grit and like push. And when we did that Spartan race, she ended up having a contusion. She, she hit it. We were in a like swamp and a stub hit her knee oh and ended God. up like immediately swelling up. And it was the most, I mean, like, I'll never forget this experience with Kamele because I mean, she had the opportunity to quit because they wrapped it and they're like, listen, if you want to stop. And I'd said to her, I'm like, I'll totally support whatever, but I want you to know, like your mind is way stronger than your knee. And so she finished it. And when we got to that final part of the Spartan where you have to climb over the A-frame, she was, her body was just breaking down. And I got to the top of the A-frame and I got up to the top and then she was almost there and I grabbed her and pulled her over. And when oh. we jumped over the fire, I mean, she just started crying and I cried <sighs> with her and I'm like, Kamele, like, this is what it's about. Like, it's about pushing yourself and seeing your capabilities. And she realized that day, she's like, I have so much more in me, you know? And that's what I want people to see is that you don't have to fight cancer. But it's the daily battles were way bigger than than what we're given, you know. I love that. And she's always gonna remember that, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we we joke about it too. Because I'm like, you were she was at her her her, her limit, right? And I'm like, My I mean, mom is I, tough, I, man. I was like, you are finishing this with me. No, but there's also the power of of of, of friendship and mm -hmm. power of having like you know, I said to her, there's the metaphor too of like, we can't always expect to do it on our own. No. And that is where if you have someone else that can be doing the push, it's the same in a marriage, right? The push pull, there's times that I'm weak and Eric has been really strong for me. And there's times that he's been weak and I'm strong for him. And it's important to have that circle around you. Like you are oh, the wow. sum of your five people, right? Yeah. No, I love that. And you, you briefly mentioned your routine and I know how like 
crazy you are about your routine. It's so inspiring to me. Like I even asked you, like, I need your help because your date, like you get busier and you're just realizing like there's not enough time in the day. So, I mean, you balance your career, you're a mom of, of five, like balancing them at home. How do you do it all? Like what, what would you give somebody like oh. me or, you know, anybody that's just looking for that, those tips on how to run your day more organized? One, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you need to have, like, you need to spend, I say spend all your time. So it's like how Dave Ramsey talks about money, you know, like at the beginning of your month, spending it, meaning it needs to be all accounted for. Like every single minute you should be knowing, even if it's, hey, I'm playing on social media, I'm all about giving yourself the playtime, but it all should be accounted for. And so what I was taught to do was I first spend my time, which means I schedule in my training. I schedule in my meal prep. Anything that's going to make me feel better has to be first on their date night. All those things are first and foremost. And then it's my deep work, which is like, where are you trying to move the needle in your life? Are you taking Mm -hmm. a course right now? It was like, if I was trying to launch the podcast, like it's your, it's the one area that it's like on your heart to do that needs to be scheduled first. Because what I find with like, especially entrepreneurs is we never are going to have enough time because there's always something we can be working on. But if you then schedule, say like the rest of your time in time collapses, it's like when you know, you have to stick to time blocks. Like I'm, that's the one thing that's really changed my life versus like just a task list is now it's like, okay, Amy at 12 o'clock, you have to stop doing this type of task and move on. Well, the first few weeks, it's a complete cluster F like you totally fail. You don't finish a lot of the things. But what happens over time, when your brain sees that you're actually going to commit to your time blocks, you work faster, you work more focused on the things that you're doing. And it's totally allowed me to finally get other projects done. And then just, you know, moms think that multitasking is like this, like superhero strength. Mm -hmm. It's actually the worst thing possible. Mm So it is scheduling in, you know, I have many details on my blocks where it's like, okay, from this time to this time, it's time with Leilani. And I need to be really intentional about that time. And then just, you know, I always say it's like people always talk about morning routine. It's your evening routine that's most important because it's what sets you up for your morning routine. So I have what's called a reverse alarm that goes off on my phone. It's about 90 minutes before I go to bed. And then I have a note in my phone of everything that I want to get done before I go to bed. And it might be something like, even like, you know, people that drink coffee, put your coffee, make, set that out for you. I do I that. To, it's a game changer now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Setting out your workout clothes. It will also make you not have so much decision fatigue in the morning. Cause mornings are the hardest for most people. They're mm-hmm. tired. They're weaker. They're more likely to like, you know, skip on something. So I'm always like, the first things you do is spend your time, like be accountable. I mean, even if it's all day Saturday, it's playtime, at least just have that aware. It also, by spending it, makes your brain go, okay, right now I need to focus on work because I have this reward coming up later. Like I always know from five to eight is my time slash family time. So if in the daytime, I'm wanting to go like on Amazon, look, nope, Amy, five o'clock is your time. That's your own play time. That is not, you know, work time. And it's really allowed me to, you know, I mean, right now I'm homeschooling Leilani. And I mean, I'm so thankful that, you know, my ex-husband actually does a lot of Zooming with her, but I have to get up. I got to print off papers in the morning. I got to, I got to organize all that. And if I did not stick to these time blocks, it would just be a constant, you know, and my kids respect it too. They know that I do have certain time blocks where 
listen, you know, the mom guilt can be real, but not if you are truly giving them your time on the other side. Like my girls know if it's like launch week, I'm like, listen, these next few days are going to be a little bit crazy. I have full schedules, but on Saturday we're doing this. And as long as you keep your word to those things, your kids start to see that while mom says she, she, she does what she says she's going to do. So I'm going to respect it more. Yeah. And they really, you know, help it. Like they knew today. I'm like, I've got some back-to-back podcasting. So, you know, you need to leave mom alone and they're good about it. But yeah, oh, awesome. the schedule Your time, time blocks has helped me. Like I've been doing, I like time block my shower in the morning. Like just so I like, I keep up with like the time. Cause you can get so busy and then realize, shoot, like I was supposed to do this. I should have been ready by now. So that, that has just really helped me. Just you even showing me how you block your time and then also setting boundaries because you're setting boundaries for your clients too. You're setting boundaries for your kids um, and being more intentional during those times with, with your totally. family, with your husband. And teaching and training the people around you. Like mm-hmm. my, my coaches know this. And so do my clients that if you email me at 3 PM, even if you see me on social media stories, I'm not checking yeah. email because that's not in that time block. Mm-hmm. And that has really taught a lot of people like, Oh, okay. So just because you're playing on here does not mean here. I'm get very, very, mm-hmm. yep. I have no push notifications at all outside of iMessage on my phone, nothing, because I don't need to know what message I get on Instagram or Facebook. I have a block that I'll go there and check that. And if someone is like, working directly with me. Like I have a, I call her my Olivia Pope right now. She's helping (laughs) me. She knows better than to like DM me there during certain hours because I'm just not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be checking it. So you better know the way that the best, fastest way to get a hold of me. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I always learn something from you. Whenever we talk to you and Eric, we're always like talking about business and ideas and I always learn something from you. So we I mean, love those. I'm going to miss that. I miss those dinners. I know. Well, then, don't worry. We'll, we'll try to come down to Florida. Yes. Please do, <laughs> this is already yeah. talking to Eric and he's like, um, I think we should move to Florida now. <laughs> It's, it'll be a, it'll, we'll, we'll want to come back up for summers. I've already said yeah. my, I mean, I write my top five goals every single day, morning and night. Right. And one of mine is I want two houses. I want one in Canada too, for those summers, because yeah. you know, it looks, it's so nice up there. Well, Amy, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question to wrap up, but I really want you to like come back on here. I know you had mentioned briefly about your explant and I want to like dig deeper into that. Like, a full episode on that. Cause I think there's a lot to talk about there, For sure. um, but what does the word strong mean to you? Strong to me is, you know, it's pushing through your own resistance, like where your inner critic is the loudest and showing yourself that you're not going to succumb to that. That's, I mean, that that's the best way I can think of it. You're the epitome of strong to me. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. And thank you so, so much for joining me today. I know our listeners got a lot from your story because like I said, so many people are going through less than ideal situations and and feeling like they're never going to get out of their rut. And you just, you just give that inspiration and hope. So thank you so much for that. And Amy, you're like a true powerhouse. I cannot wait to continue watching you make a bigger impact in this beautiful world oh thank you so much for having me i can't wait to have you on mine yes i'm so excited too and that's a wrap on another episode 
Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.